0: You know, three of the best four teams in the nation. Well, I guess right now they are. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit – I'm not entirely comfortable with having those three teams uh, where they are because, first of all
1: – Me neither. <laughs>
0: none of them have played each other yet, John. I mean, the schedule has worked out a little bit quirkily, if that's a word.
1: It uh, is for the podcast.
0: You know, the, these teams have, have – I think their, their ACC schedule are, are all a little bit backloaded. first of all. Um, and, and their con- non conference schedules haven't been great. I think Florida State's actually played a pretty solid non conference schedule. They did sweep uh, an Auburn team that's starting to get hot right. in a four game series. Um, but. Uh But, you know, I mean, I want to see what happens once these teams actually start playing each other. They haven't played the status schedules, and Miami still has yet to play top 25 team. North Carolina has yet to play a single top 25 team. Florida State just played its first four games against the top 25 teams this week and and won all four of them. So, Florida State, I I had questions, John, and I've been saying this all year about their pitching and a little bit about their defense as well, but especially about their pitching. Uh, And and this weekend, you know, first they get a great outing from from Matt Farrell on Friday, who's been very solid for them all year. Uh, and then they win a pair of three to two games against a, a, a pitching and defense outfit in Virginia. Um, you know that that shows me a little something. They're not just going to win slugfest. Agree. They can they can win different kinds of games. So we, we jumped them a spot uh, over North Carolina, which can't sweep teams for some reason. They're uh, very strange. They can't they can't finish anybody off. So North Carolina wins two out of three against Georgia Tech and, and remains at number four.
1: Yeah, Florida State. It's uh, unusual. they there. Like you said, their their league schedule has been Georgia Tech which is a good team, but not a top 25 team all year for us. Maryland, uh, Virginia now, Virginia Tech, Wake Forest. I dare say Wake Forest might be the worst team in the ACC this year. It's Uh, it's an ERA that's north of eight, might be common close to nine. have to have
0: these big bats, John, and and you look at their numbers in conference, and it's really, really unimpressive. Well,
1: nobody pitches to to, – everyone tries to say Alan Dykstra beat us and makes the rest of the team – I mean, he's not going to beat us, make the rest of the team beat him. And Ochiltree and Willie Fox and these guys start not doing it. That's they're just it. not doing it. That's it exactly. And nobody
0: and you're right because nobody's pitching to Dykstra. Nobody's pitching you know, to. And, them. and everyone kind of figured, well, if, if Dykstra gets all these walks, you know, Wake Forest is going to be just fine because they've got these other bats. But like you said, they just haven't done it. Wake Forest uh, might be certainly is the biggest disappointment in the ACC, and it might be the, one of the biggest disappointments in the year. I thought they were a regional team coming into the year.
1: It, they're not even a, not a regional team. They're just horrible to watch. I mean, they just they're unwatchable. Because and I, I'm not even saying that I'm not even saying this, having watched more than an inning of, or two of them playing, it's the scouts and the coaches I've talked to that say they're unwatchable. And this is a team that went to Pepperdine; it was very competitive the first weekend of the year. Yeah. Um, but they've gotten into ACC play, and they can't stop anyone from scoring. They've given up 18, 14, 21, 12 uh, in conference. I gave up twenty-three runs to uh, twenty-two runs to Appalachian State. Um, they wouldn't give up twenty two points in football to Appalachia State, and Appalachia State football is good. I'd love to see Wake and App in, in football these sure. days. They, they won't play each other anymore. They're That's a great rivalry, uh, but I digress. Uh, it's a Baseball America podcast. He's Aaron. I'm John. Cal number five, Aaron. Uh, just keep doing it. I'll say I'll take I uh, would never have guessed for 100, please, Alex. Uh, this is definitely uh, a great year for Cal baseball. I think we knew how good the Pac-10 would be, and we had them five in the preseason uh, you know, there have been a couple teams ahead of them that have stumbled. Preseasons one and two, UCLA and Arizona, both out of the rankings this week for the first time. Um, neither one of them got swept, but both lost series again. They're both barely above 500. Cal and Stanford at 10, on the Mike Montgomery Invitational here, are the two teams that have uh, really staked their claim to, to those rankings, and, I mean, to those spots. And to be honest with you, Aaron, Arizona and UCLA, they're not only not in the top 25, they're both in danger of not making regionals right now because right. they're not going to get six or seven teams. The Pac-10 is just not going to happen. And, and to get five, Arizona State is clearly going to be a regional team. And right now, Cal would have to lose the out, basically, to not be in regionals. And Stanford, although they're only 15-9, and nine, uh, you point out in the top 25 tracker, Stanford's uh, just, their series wins are so uh, impressive. Nebraska, Thornton, Texas, Arizona State. No one else in the country has four weekend series wins like Stanford has.
0: That's it, exactly. And, uh, you know, know, I think it's actually kind of a smart, I don't know if I'm going to call it a strategy, because obviously your strategy is not to lose midweek games. You want to win every game, I suppose. But... I think it's it's kind of smart, John, to focus on winning those weekend series with a compacted schedule. You know, you, you've got to if, you, if you're going to put a lot of effort into winning in the midweek, chances are that's going to make you less competitive on the weekends. I would agree, uh, and so I mean, I haven't. You know, I'm not sure if Stanford is. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say that they're punting the midweek games, right? But but but. Um,
1: you they're know, not going to sell me, out to win them either.
0: Right, and to me, to, to, if, you know, I, I'd like to see a little bit better we- record on, on, on the midweek games from them, but that's why they're ranked number 10 and not number 1 with all those series wins.
1: Correct, great uh, point.
0: You know, but uh, I think it's pretty, pretty darn smart to, to make sure that you're strong for the weekends. And, and, and to me, again, I know you got to win the midweek games, but winning the, the weekends is the most important, and especially now with a compacted schedule.
1: Yeah, I mean, because
0: uh, everybody's going to struggle midweek.
1: Yeah, absolutely. In midweek, they did beat Long Beach State, although everyone's beating Long Beach State right. these days. And here, this midweek, they got Cal. You know, they got Cal today. Uh, this, uh, you know, Bay. Midweek series they're doing, which I think is kind of smart to play these non-conference games right. with each other.
0: I think Cal but, won the last meeting, if I
1: recall. But now we'll really see Stanford go on the road. They have been at home their last two series in right. conference: Washington State and Arizona State since their are exams. Now it, they unfortunately, go. Unfortunately,
0: I mean, and, and you know, this is a team that they've, they've won several of their big series at home, and also they beat floating at home right. in Nebraska. But they did go to Texas in that series, which to me is just speaks so loud.
1: Absolutely. Now they're going. That's why they're ahead of Texas. Texas at right. twelve, Stanford's yep. at ten. I just think uh, the Pac-10, uh, we've been talking about all year, best country, best conference in the country. It's not even close, in my opinion. Uh, There's so I, much I better. I do think
0: they'll get six teams uh, in region.
1: That would be that would be tremendous if they did.
0: Uh, they certainly deserve it. And and you know, and here's the other thing: is UCLA and Oregon State are the two teams that we we had. I think. Uh, also, Oregon State is the other team we had in the top three in the preseason in yeah. that league. Yeah, um, both of those teams are just three and three in the league. So how about Washington? Not far removed. And Washington. How about the Huskies?
1: <laughs> at twenty and nine overall, which is shocking. They win the series against Oregon. I mean Arizona this weekend. Um, you know they start off losing a series to, at Riverside, which is not a very good team uh, this year. Lost to Poly. Lost to Polly at home, and there's some unimpressive games in there. You know they beat Bill you Holy Cross, they beat Utah Valley State, and Hilo. Um, but beating Arizona this weekend is going to look good on their resume. Their non-conference schedule is pretty weak. It's pretty, it's pretty weak weak soft. And, and
0: you know what? And they, they lost last week to Oregon State as well. I mean, right? They, really, this is the first quality wins that they've had, uh, and it's against an Arizona State team that's, for
1: whatever reason, a shell of what it should be. <laughs> it's really odd. But they do, to their advantage, they have to go to Cal. But then their other road series, and then they have to go to Arizona State. But they have to go to Southern California. That's winnable. Uh, you know, like it or not, that's winnable. Southern California is a very unpredictable team. But they're home to Washington State, Stanford, UCLA. The rest of the the way, this could be a regional contending team. It's going to be very difficult, in my mind, to look at the Pac-10 and to take UCLA and Arizona when their overall record one loss is going to be pretty iffy. And the rest of the league, those teams just have to get, get hot. They better get hot. And
0: I think they're, and I and I still think they're absolutely mm-hmm. talented enough to get hot. Absolutely. But they better
1: get hot. They better get hot. They're not going to get in on uh, preseason rankings or that's, talent, that's for sure. And uh, those two teams are in trouble. Let's just let's just put it that way. Those two teams are in significant trouble, and it has much more to do. And Arizona State at three and six in the league in, in considerably more trouble, I think, than UCLA at three and three. A- agree completely, and it's just that just completely boggles my mind because Arizona has too much pitching for this to be happening. It's it's but. it's, it's, it's- and, that's the thing. and they also have a coach who's been to Omaha three times. You want to you want to bang on UCLA for John Savage, you know what? You could do it. John Savage hasn't taken a team to Omaha. John Savage hasn't taken a team to win a Super Regional yet. You know, it's the same thing. So his resume, if you want to bang on it, you know what? You, you can be cri- you can be critical of it. I'm not, but you can be critical of it if you want to. Um, but you can be critical of Andy Lopez's resume. It's just stunning to me that Arizona's doing this with Andy Lopez at the helm. I, I just can't believe they're this bad especially where they're they're still getting pretty good pitching and which is the strength of their team I mean,
0: I mean Preston Go has still been good their their guys in the bullpen Stoffel and Schlereth have still been good. Kumb pitched very well on Saturday uh, they're just not hitting and no they're when, not hitting you know that wasn't really supposed to be a problem for them. Uh, people like their offense as well and early in the year they were scoring a lot of runs too, but they've just gotten cold and there's really no good explanation for it.
1: I blame their bad karma on their nearly unusable website. it's a terrible <laughs> website. Uh, Stats as PDFs, awful idea. I blame the are listening right now. Oh, they get are. rid of
0: the PDFs on the box scores and the stats. Uh, it's, it's just you can brutal to deal with.
1: You can have them, but have them both ways. Yeah. PDFs, we're, we're not down with the PDFs. Um, it's a, a interesting week also, Aaron, when we jump a team from not ranked to 14. But Georgia is not your average team. No. Georgia Bulldogs sweep South Carolina this weekend. Uh, they go, uh, they, they've go. They continued to play. they played the toughest schedule of any team in the Southeastern Conference. And they finally have a signature weekend to hang it on where they can get into the rankings. They just haven't had that two-in-one weekend against a really, really good team or ranked team. They've, lost, they've played a lot of ranked teams and lost two out of three to them. Or played good teams and lost two out of three to yeah. them. Uh, or lost a midweek or beat a good team in midweek but not... Come through big time on a weekend. They finally do this weekend against South Carolina.
0: Yeah, and and you know for them, I think it was also a matter of just getting that overall record back up to a respectable place. I mean, they were fifteen and ten last week. They had been getting hot though. We could kind of see this coming. Uh, but after they, you know early in the year, they lost series to Arizona and, and, and
1: Oregon State. Like if they're fifteen and ten, like Stanford's fifteen and nine right now. But Stanford's fifteen and nine is based on those four right. huge weekend series wins. Right. And Georgia had lost at home to Arizona. They lost right. at Oregon State in those series. Right. And hadn't even swept you know Memphis. Uh, they'd split with Florida State. Uh, it was, not, was just kind of, not quite as impressive. That was kind of as what, what
0: started it for them. Is that Right. Florida State, they split. Then they, they go on the road. They take two out of three from Arkansas. They take two out of three against a good, a solid, scrappy Tennessee club. Very
1: competitive Tennessee club.
0: And and then, you know, they go to Mississippi State. Not a great Mississippi State team, but you win two out of three on the road in the SEC. Right. And then it's home against a, a very good South Carolina team uh, and, and a team that, you know, can hit an awful
1: lot, John, and, and, they, and they held them to uh, five runs all weekend in three games. That is hard to believe uh, they were able to do that, and that's really what Georgia had not done. You know, Two years ago, Georgia was a College World Series team, last year not even in regionals, and a big difference was their team ERA went up a, a run uh, uh-huh. last year, but this year, Joshua Field's just been mm-hmm. automatic for the people and the closer. I think when you say automatic in, in Athens... You have to say automatic for the people. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's an, a, an REM reference. It's a required REM reference, yeah. Uh, especially because REM has a new record out, so they're, they're, they're somewhat viable again. I saw them on Stephen Colbert a good the other day. Too, from what I hear. Yeah, I'll believe it when I hear it. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I saw them on Stephen Colbert the other night, and it just looked a little too weird for me <laughs> not to jump on that REM bandwagon. But we, again, we digress. But Josh Fields has been great, and they have experienced pitching, and of course, Aaron, they probably have the. Mid-season player of the year in Gordon Beckham.
0: And, and, you know, here's the other thing about Georgia, John, is uh, early in the season when they played, I think it was Arizona, uh, and and they lost that series to it. It was a very competitive series, but um, I had scouts who were at that series saying, you guys don't have Georgia ranked. And and even after that series, they were saying, you guys should rank Georgia. You know they they just lost their home series, but this this is a good team. All I mean, and, and, and we
1: preseason they were definitely like twenty six to thirty range. I mean were, there were a lot of teams kind of right around there. But yeah, they were the first time you had your top twenty five. You had them at twenty one.
0: I think I did. It and 21. we kept on
1: talking ourselves out of Georgia because we just weren't one hundred percent confident. Outside of Beckham, who else was going to come through for them offensively? It was like preseason on paper, something like yeah. Ryan Pizel was their second-best hitter. Rich Poitras has been the, a key guy for them, a power bat that they really needed
0: uh, in the middle of that lineup. And, and you know, he had a great summer last year in the Coastal Plain League and, and kind of carried that over. I mean, that's a, that's a big-time power bat, uh, a good approach. Um, I mean, that, that's a guy that I think has been kind of the unsung hero there.
1: And that's the thing. is that Again, preseason, we, we thought they had the pitching. We weren't quite sure on the hitting. And you talked about Poitras. I mean, he's just having an outstanding year. It's a 643 slugging. I mean, in most years... Uh, Rich Poitras would come through as the guy who's kind of carrying their offense. But Gordon Beckham's numbers are just off the charts. I mean, he's not playing a regard with Dennis anymore. he got 15 home runs uh, in the SEC, it's is crazy. He leads their team in uh, stolen bases. He's doing it all. And, again, Ryan Pizel. And then a guy from uh, my part of the country as far as draft goes, Bryce Mazzanari, was a big deal for them. Uh, he was a pitcher and a catcher in junior college in, in uh, Nevada. And he's a big recruit. It, it really helps your team. Uh, to, to be solid behind the plate, and he's been solid behind the plate. But we knew that Dodson and Morrow and Holder; these are all guys who were SEC tested last year, and we knew that was a strength of their team. It really was a matter of other people coming through offensively for them, Aaron. And, and it's happened for Georgia, so uh, good to get on uh, you know, Dave Perno and his staff down there for getting Georgia to you know, to this point. But uh, the Josh Fields experiment at the plate not quite coming through. He does have two home runs, but uh, hey, if that's what it takes to get him back. Uh, I mean, he's been automatic. Again for the people, uh, no runs all year for Josh Fields, best closer in the country. Thirty-two for you? to
0: six strikeout walk ratio in fifteen innings, John. That is loud.
1: That is loud. Is he best best closer in the country yes. for you? I, he, I think I
0: thought he was going to be last year. I think he was a priest. thank think he, he was, a was pre- our pre-season pre-season first, first team All American last year. Uh, so clearly, you know, he's had the talent, and and he's it's just good to see him back to, to what we thought he was.
1: Absolutely, that's a Baseball America podcast. We're going to wrap up here with uh, Aaron Fitt. I'm John Manuel. Cal State Fullerton jumps nine spots this weekend, Aaron. They win a series head to head against UC Irvine. That's pretty impressive. Um, Ole Miss sweeps Nuts. Vanderbilt. Yeah. I think Vanderbilt and Virginia were two of our cheese ball teams this week. Uh, in terms of, well, uh, not oh, I shouldn't use the word cheese ball in that response because I like cheese balls, <laughs> and I don't like these two teams the way Vanderbilt and Virginia are playing. Um, Cal State Full, let's talk about the positives first. Cal State Fullerton, you got to give it to Dave Serrano. Uh, two-time coach of the year here, yeah. assistant coach of the year one year and head, head coach of the year last year. But how about Fulton to just continue to grind out series wins and to go on the road, granted it's a bus trip, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, to, to Irvine. It, I,
0: I assure you, John, it was a hostile atmosphere. Ab-
1: absolutely. And to go and beat a top-five team, certainly, Aaron, it's extremely impressive to, for Fulton to go beat Irvine.
0: It, it is. And, and, you know, we actually we had two teams this week go on the road and, and win at t- – top five teams that's right Oklahoma State State going to beat Missouri as well but
1: we have like a Big 12 only podcast next week We've given the Big Twelve a little short shrift in this podcast, and the Big Twelve was an outstanding. It's league a very this year. compelling
0: conference for sure. But back to Fullerton real quickly here, and I think you know it, with them, I think it took a little bit of time f- for them to kind of uh, settle settle into a, a, a groove with that young team that they had. And early, early on, they go to Stanford, they get swept. Uh, they kind of rebound after that, beating UCLA, and, and then sweeping Southern Miss, which yep. of course you know beat Rice last weekend at Reckling Park. Yes. Um, and then you know Fullerton back on the road loses to Arizona. Uh, since then, they've kind of righted the ship. They're they're winning midweek games against good teams like San Diego and Loyola Marymount, uh, and then you know to go to UCI and, and win that series. I mean, this team is I think is coming together. I, I think the pitching is starting to gel with with uh, especially with Jeff Kaplan at the, at the top of the rotation now, finally turning in probably his best start of the year against against Scott Gorgan. Um and 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 I, I kind of like the bats, John. I think that uh,
1: it's a better uh, offensive team than they were last year. I think I agree they will to. they they certainly will be by the end of the year. And last year. Whether well, it was Smoke and Mirrors or whatever, the name on the on the front of the jersey that just spooked other teams, or the guy in the dugout, uh, George Horton, obviously they got to Omaha last year. I don't know if they're an Omaha team this year, but you know they have been for the last five years. This is not vintage Fullerton. This is not 03-04 Fullerton, but they could be that kind of team next year because sure. it is a pretty young ball club. Yeah, sure. So uh, we're, we're, we're impressed with the Titans, and uh, they jump up Long Beach State. One and eight in their last nine games there. I and mean, how is that happening? I mean, seriously, how is that happening? The answer they, can't just be they're there away
0: from Blair Field. It, it's, I think that's a big part of it, though. I mean, this team is—you know—it's it's a pitching and defense low-scoring club. You put them in an offensive park like up at Cal, uh, and they're just not the same team. And, and as good as their pitching is, I mean, Andrew Leibels continued to pitch well—you uh, know, for the most part. He, he got the win on Friday night, but I don't know. I mean, Long Beach to me, I, I, I still think is is going to be there at the end of the year. I still think that they'll. I still think they'll win the conference, um, although although the Gauchos, UC Santa Barbara, have, have jumped out to a great five and one start in that league. More Bob this week. more sure.
1: Bob Bronsma, indeed. You have to say that because again, that's Jim on alma mater, so that's tremendous nice. uh, asparagus. I'm, I'm doing a terrible Frank Caliendo impersonation of Jim Rohn, but I'm extra shot at espresso today. I'm a little bit too, too hopped up for today's podcast, Aaron. Uh, the other, I guess, uh, again, we, we talked about the Big Twelve coming in. Anything you want to say about Virginia and Vanderbilt? Virginia run out of the rankings. We Last week was the most tepid number 14 ranking ever of a team moving up like they had moved up. Um, just when, fill in really the all vacuum.
0: Had, all those guys have done, John, is, is they, they've beaten teams at home that they should beat. They've beaten Boston College and Virginia Tech and you know a really weak non-conference slate. Uh, but An un, on
1: unconscionably road. and un, inexcusably weak non-conference schedule, there really is, mind I you. Mean, there really There's no so many colleges. In the state of Virginia, uh, I understand that Virginia could as more to lose in the game by playing teams like James Madison or William & Mary or those kind of teams in weekend series. But those teams are not a threat to Virginia. They don't recruit the same caliber of player When you're me. Virginia,
0: I don't know why you're, you're going to be playing the Coppin States and Siennas and Lehigh's. It's uh, inexcusable, the first two weeks. It especially
1: just... when you have a veteran team like this, and you know that. Uh, there's no excuse for their schedule being that weak, and they're reaping what they sowed because now they're playing good teams and they can't handle it.
0: They can't go on the road and win. I mean, that's that's been their problem before.
1: They're like Long Beach State East because they are pitching in defense and they have a very extreme ballpark. A
0: great call. They are like Long Beach State East, except I thought Virginia had more offensive talent than Long Beach. I thought they could go to Florida State and compete, uh, but, you know, you, you score seven runs all weekend against a staff that, frankly, isn't great. But, you know, I know Florida State proved some things this weekend, but... I mean, Virginia has had three tests this year. Uh, and they've
1: got at NC State, a couple of Ds and an F.
0: At Florida and <clears throat> at Duke, which, you know. Well,
1: I'm giving them the F at Duke because they lost a series at Duke. And Duke is improved. I, I'm- I will grant you that. Virginia but you should, Virginia that should not lose a series at Duke. So they get a D for losing a series at NC State. You get a D for getting swept at Florida State because, hey, let's face it, not the first team that's gotten swept at Florida State. Mike Martin, Dad Gummit, will do that to you. But uh, this is just a bad team right now. There's no other way to put it. This is the worst 24-9 team you're going to see this year. How can you be Virginia and have that non-conference schedule and not think it's going to come back to bite you? And the thing is, Aaron, they've got uh, they're coming up. They're at Maryland, I believe it is, and they're at North Carolina later on this year. Uh, I think I'm skipping ahead. I think I got their, their their schedule wrong. But they're just they're not set up to uh, get tested for a couple more weeks. Is my point and. I don't think we're going to know what kind of team Virginia has. and Eventually, the whole key to this is all getting regional bids. And Next Monday, Aaron, I believe, uh, what I want to finish up with is next Monday, we will have our first 64-team projected field of the year. Because this is week 7 of the year. We're basically at the mid-week point, midway point right now. It's a 13-week regular season, but then you throw in your conference tournaments. It's a 14-week season, basically. So we're going to have next Monday... Our first, we might even have it sixty fourteen. We'll,
0: we'll, we'll, we can discuss that, I guess. But oh,
1: that's fine. But we are going to be it's, it's our this week, this issue of Baseball America. We'll have our college midseason update. So a lot of that kind of stuff going on, and we'll discuss a lot of that in next week's podcast. But we'll have a pre- projected field for you. It's uh there's a lot to talk about, and uh, we can't fit it all into to one podcast. We just go ahead and have an hour long podcast here. But you know, we have other things to do, so. And I don't think you had three shots of espresso this morning, did you? Uh,
0: n- none for me, John. So I think let's let, let's wrap it up.
1: That is, uh, that's what I'm doing. That, but that is to your uh, that is to your that's, that's, that's your folly to not be that hyped up for college baseball. <laughs> you just you're just high on life. It sounds like that's it. For Aaron Fit, I'm John Manuel. We'll be back with next Monday's podcast. Until then, so long, everybody. This podcast is brought to you by DeMarini. Are you ready to join the uprising? More than 150 programs around the nation have including back-to-back Division One and Two national champions, Oregon State and Tampa, and Division Three national champion Keene, log on to dmarini.com backslash dnation and check out the Voodoo Minus 3 to see why the SC3 alloy is the most powerful and durable performance alloy on the market. It gives you the pop you need to get along because chicks don't dig the ground ball. The Uprising, coming to a ballpark near you. Welcome. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check.